Pray with me, please. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful. Lord, kindle in us the fire of your love. We pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Um, On Sunday, I spent a great deal of time in the Gospel and in the Old Testament lesson, and I skipped the Hebrews reading for today. This is the reason I asked Ryan to read it for us. Uh, I think I primarily skipped it because it had that word discipline in it so many times, uh, which is ironic. I mean, I'm wearing the Citadel ring. Uh, Scott Gibson read at 8 o'clock, and when Scott was reading that Hebrews passage and saying that word discipline, I didn't count, but it's there several times in that Hebrews passage. Um, I thought to myself, why am I skipping? You know, this is something that a lot of us know and understand. We, you know, I think a lot of frustration for people in my generation and older, maybe some that here are older, is that we... Uh, feel like maybe the younger generation just doesn't have much discipline or self-control. Am I wrong? I feel like I'm pretty safe saying that with this group. Um, that they've kind of lost this idea that, um, as we would say at the Citadel, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. But I mean, this idea that hard work is not bad work and to be disciplined, uh, often, at least in our experience, maybe as a group, we, we've seen the benefits of uh, being taught some discipline, whether it was the way we controlled our mouths, the way we controlled our bodies, the way we controlled our work habits and things. I mean, so, you know, I, I, I was asking myself, why in the world would, did I want to shy away from this word discipline? I think um, after some reflection, I, I like to preach good news. And so I like to preach grace, and I don't want to preach a condemnation or judgment. And so I think without knowing it, I just kind of looked at the readings last week and got really focused on the gospel and um, kind of the way I went on Sundays. But today, just for a moment, I want to talk about discipline. And I want to talk about um, the good news uh, that Paul says we have in God's disciplining of us. I mean, there, there are really um, three, three pieces of good news about this discipline. Three things that as we leave here today, we can reflect on if we're in a time of Listen to the three words. He kind of gives us, hey, where are you? He asks the question, are you running? Do you feel like you're always on the move? You're always in a hurry? Are you running? That's verse one. Or are you struggling? That's verse four. And then you get to verse 14, and are you striving? You know, Paul seems to have a real good understanding of what life is like even in 2022. I mean, I think all of us already this week, it's only Wednesday, have probably felt one, two, or all three of those ways about life. I'm struggling. I'm I'm trying to get to this, or I'm 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 just out of breath because I'm always running around. And so that was the that's kind of the broad question. You know, where are you, or where are we in our week right now? And then Paul goes on to say, in this reading, um, that what God does to us, um, He did first to His Son. Um, so the first piece of good news in our struggle or our striving or our running is whatever we're going through, whatever we're enduring, whatever we're getting past, Jesus has already done it and succeeded. So even when we fail in one of those three things, we can, as Paul says, we can look to the author, the perfecter of our faith and say, well, Jesus did it and he promises I can have everything that he's got when I believe in him. See, that's the second piece of good news about this disciplining that we're hearing. The second piece is, not only has Jesus done it, but that as soon as we believe it, we become adopted. I mean, we're instantly adopted into uh, the family of God. It's it's John uh, chapter 1, verse 12. But to all who did receive Christ, 
who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. At the end of our Hebrews reading, uh, Paul talks a lot about the father and the son, the discipline that you receive by your earthly fathers, etc., etc., etc. But he's always got this idea in mind that those who have received Christ are no longer standing on the outside, suffering, struggling, or striving alone, that now they're doing it as adopted sons and daughters. And then my favorite, the third, is that um, we can be encouraged by the other ten people sitting here in this room, not to mention the several hundred people buried in the graveyard, not to mention the saints in our family in the past. It's how he opens this Hebrews passage. Therefore, everybody, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, and he's not just talking about the size of the crowd, he's talking about their faith. These people who've gone before us, these people who are sitting next to us, we're all here because of our faith. We're witnessing to one another in the midst of our striving, running, and struggling. We're, we're saying to each other, even without uttering a word, Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus will do for us what he has promised to do for us. Jesus will care for us when no one seems to care for us. Jesus will provide when we feel like there's no provision. These witnesses, the greatness of these witnesses is their faith statement, is their faith statement. So I can remember when I first started running marathons uh, in my 40s. The good news about that was I was um, so inert. I had, I had done such little uh, exercising up to that point that my body was actually ready to run those long distances. Because what you find with people who run it a lot is that over time, if you start running as a young person, your bones and things and your joints kind of wear out and you can't run. So if you start late in life and haven't done a, a stinking thing, you can run marathons in your 40s. Anyway, I remember the first time I went, I mean, the first time I went out uh, to run with a friend who was trying to encourage me. And I remembered running at the Citadel, but that was in my 40s, so this was nearly 20 years after I graduated, and I thought certainly I could go three miles. One of my friends is sitting over here, and he's got a great story of running with two law partners every day through town in shorts and big high tube socks. I saw a picture, it looked hilarious. But I thought, okay, I can get out there and I can do at least three miles today at a slow pace. I, I couldn't even go a mile. I, mean, I really, I couldn't Get, I mean, I remember leaving my house, and I remember where I, I just almost fell on the ground panting, uh, uh, trying to run just simply a mile. And then um, probably four to five weeks later, I got to where I could probably struggle through running three miles. And then four months later, I could probably run five miles. And then pretty soon we started training for this marathon. And I remember getting to eight miles and thinking to myself, okay, if you can run eight miles or more, you're really a runner. I mean, I started to develop a certain pride about how far I was able to go, where in just six months I, before I couldn't even move, you know, a, a mile. That's um, this encouragement in the midst of this discipline, this idea that all of the things that come our way that we want to try to avoid or we want to try to get out from under, um, what Paul is telling us here is that it takes time and it takes repeated faith practice. Um, there are not or there are but a few naturally faithful people that I've met in my life. Most of the great witnesses I've met in my life are people, as my clubs would call them, they're crock-pot Christians. 
They have been coming and coming and coming, week in and week out. They have attended Bible studies. They've, they've served at the church. They've served outside the church. But these are people who have constantly put themselves in places where their faith will be stretched and straightened and made deeper. And those kind of people, this is, this is where I'll close, um, always look like this. There was a movie once, and two brothers are speaking, and it's a science fiction movie, and there's these weird phenomena that are going on. And the one brother is talking to the other brother, and he says to him, you know, there's basically two kinds of people in this world. There's the kind of person that sees these miraculous, these unexplainable things happening, and says to themselves something like, what a coincidence. What, what, a, what an amazing coincidence. And then there are other people, and I would say these are the people with the great cloud of witnesses with this deep faith, who see the supernatural or see the miraculous or the unexplainable, and they say something like, well, that's clearly the hand of God. See, that's when your faith starts to deepen, then you start to have those eyes because your heart's changed, and we start to see the world the way God wants us to see it. And so things no longer look coincidental. They look like the practical coming of the kingdom or the hand of God. The saddest part about this at the end of this little talk these two brothers are having is, um, the older brother says to the younger brother, and those people who see everything as coincidence believe they're alone. They believe they're alone, that no one is going to come to help them and nothing can save them. Those people that have that miraculous, explainable, God is in the middle of this, believe that there's always someone out there who's looking out for them. And I, it took a movie and two actors to get me to understand just what it is I believe. And that is that we're not alone. That, that Jesus is who he promises to be. And that in the middle of being disciplined by life, struggling through life, striving through life, running through life, I don't do it alone. I do it with my eyes on him, as Paul says, the author and perfecter of our faith. I do it knowing that because he did it perfectly, I'm adopted. And I do it because you keep showing up every Wednesday and convincing me that our faith is real. And so I think that is the good news that the Lord's shown me in this idea of discipline in life. Amen.